in Dr Grant Morris, who's done his fair share of Shakespeare. Hi, Grant. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Yeah, good. Were you ever involved in the Victoria Summer Shakespeare? No, no, but I remember our times in Hamilton doing Summer Shakespeare. Oh, yes, Shakespeare. I, I believe you played the fiery warlike Tybalt in a production of Romeo and Juliet. Indeed. Weren't you Fry Lawrence? Uh, I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then you were the guy who got his eyes plucked out in King Lear. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yep. And then, who were you in As You Like It? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, Orlando. Yeah. Does that sound right? I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, but now you are too busy for all that because you're a fancy, important historian at Victoria University Wellington School of Law. And um, you join us once a fortnight to look at a particular aspect of New Zealand history and something a bit different this week, Grant. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, the recently published book called Empire City by John Martin. Uh, Empire City, Wellington becomes the capital of New Zealand, published last year by uh, the Hedinawaka University Press. And just talk about why I think this is something that people should read. Yeah, uh, and why in particular are you looking at this book this week? I mean, I think, you know, we don't do a lot of book reviews in this slot, but I think, you know, sometimes a book comes along and it acts as a model in a particular historical genre. And here we've got local history or regional history. And if you go into the public library, you'll see row upon row of local history. Uh, but some of it is, well, some of it's not that great. <laughs> some of it is quite good, but it's a varying quality. It's often done by, you know, industri industrious amateurs, um, but it's often quite narrow. So it will focus on what they're interested in, or it won't put things in wider national context. So getting professional historians doing regional and local history is really important. And especially, you know, ambitious projects like uh, John has taken on with, with the Empire City. Uh, so when it does happen, I, I think it, uh, they deserve a shout out. Yeah, so what's in the book? So the book is Wellington's history, primarily from 1840, so when those first ships come in, New Zealand Company comes in, sets it up as a settlement treaty, Waitangi that year, through to when it becomes a capital in 1865 and, and, and the few years after that. Uh, now, Many listeners will know that John is uh, was a parliamentary historian. His book, The House, in 2004 is a history of New Zealand Parliament. So when you're in that job, you obviously gather a huge encyclopedic knowledge of, of Wellington. Um, but Wellington is the capital. And what uh, the author has done here is say, well, OK, I'm actually going to focus on what led up to that. And so uh, the chronological focus is quite uh, targeted, which I think is really good because it means you don't get a kind of once over lightly, I'm going to do the entire history of Wellington, um, but rather you get a keen focus on several decades and you get to know the characters, the, the historical figures, they reappear and so it becomes more of a story and less of a you know really quick trip through um, a large period. Yeah, I like the sound of that. So, so what did you like about the book? I liked a lot about the book, um, and one of the things was it gives you a really good feel for Wellington as a city, separate from its role as the capital. You know, we so often hear Wellington the capital, that's all Wellington is, but that's not true. It's not Canberra. It's not Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's more, you know, London or, or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a city that had a history and had a raison d'etre beyond just being the capital, um, and we see that in the 25 years leading up to 1865, um, and also we get a sense of 
of how Wellington, you know, that rivalry with Auckland, which is still going, but where the tables are turned, where Auckland is the capital and Wellington is a key you know, commercial rival. So it's the opposite uh, to today's situation. And I should also mention the illustrations. Now, you know, it's not a picture book. Um, it's uh, you know, very much academic history, but it has a huge amount of pictures. Almost, pretty much every page has at least one illustration. And when you're trying to visualize a city and how it develops, especially when it's fundamentally different from what it is now, um, then it helps to have photos. And when you're hearing about these characters, then it helps to have pictures of, of who they are. Uh, and sometimes publishers are a little bit wor you know, worried about too many pictures because it increases the price. But given the size of the book, you know, $70, that's, that's not too bad. Um, and I'm really glad that you also got in all of those photos. It sounds like a book that would happily sit on any decent Wellington bookshelf. Absolutely, and hopefully one that would be read as well. Now, this is of interest to anyone, not just Wellingtonians, but, you know, it is the history of Wellington. So whether you lived in Wellington or you live there now, you're going to find a lot in it. One of the really fun things, if you've got uh, ancestors who were here in Wellington early on, is you can kind of go through and see if you can pick some out. And sure enough, I managed to find one of my great, 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 grandfathers, um, John Watson, who was a town crier, and he even got a page and a picture. So I won't be the only one. Um, yeah. who, who... Did you say a town crier? Yeah. yeah, yeah Gosh, I first... didn't even think of New Zealand as having those. No, no, he was, he's, you know, he was quite industrious and entrepreneurial. He did lots of things. Um, but yeah, well, he claimed he was the first town crier, and it's, it's definitely cited in the book that's sitting in front of me there. Gosh, any limitations of the book? I think, um, I mean, you know, I'm obviously a big fan, uh, as, as any listener will, will have picked up by now, but I think one of the challenges is, and, you know, the book is quite long, it's 550 pages, and, you know, I don't think that it could realistically be any longer, but the pre-1840 period, uh, you know, there's a bit on it, but not that much. So going into the book, um especially when you're hearing about all the different iwi in the area and, and from 1840 onwards, it's hard to understand how that all fits together if you don't know the history of Wellington area, say, 1820s, 1830s. So whether you know, John wants to write a pre prequel about the pre-1840s or whether the reader goes and has a look at some of the tribunal reports or some other works, um, if you don't have that knowledge of you know, all of those disruptions and dislocations that occurred in the 1820s and 1830s in Wellington, then some of, especially the cultural encounter stuff, won't make that much sense. So that would be my only one, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so I guess how do we think about this book? What is its overall importance? So it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's a real model of local history and, and regional history. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it in this slot is, uh, I mean, when it came out, it you know got a book launch and it got some, you know, some decent publicity. But I don't think it got as much publicity as it should have. Um, and 
you know, it's a sort of book that's not going to age. You know, it's going to be uh, useful for a long time to come. And so I wanted to, to make sure people knew it was there. So whether they buy it at Unity or they get it out of the library or or whatever, um, I just thought it was important just to give it, you know, play my part in giving this book a bit more, a bit more of a, a shout out. Yeah, thank you. And he's chosen such a narrow window of Wellington's history. You have to think there might be more to come, uh, a sequel or a Hopefully. Yeah. Indeed, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Grant Morris, historian, thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Jesse.